Coming up on this week's episode of the Zenial Odyssey podcast. Uh, reality shows that are done uh, heavily scripted. So, oh, obviously it, it's progressed and it's, I should say mutated, but it's transformed over the years. And I, and I, and I shortchanged, uh, I didn't shortchange Fox. So what do you mean when you say dysphoria? They're going to edit it down to make sure that things are more severe than what it really is. And welcome back, everybody, to the Zennial Odyssey podcast with Bobby Rocks here. As always, Zennial Odyssey podcast, uh, unofficially sponsored by Sweetwater Music, Soundstripe, and things like the Zoom PodTrack P4, which is what I'm using right now. Joining us on this episode, again, is a returning guest. Uh, she was with us for our first uh, podcast with an actual guest. It is Miss Mrs. Sherry Lynn Nicholas. Mrs. Sherry Lynn Nicholas, welcome back to the Odyssey. Thank you. What have you been up to? You know, just working, <laughs> trying to relax. I just went on vacation, came back not too long ago. Oh, nice. Where'd you go? Went to Daytona, Florida. Did you go watch races? No, I did not go watch races. What did you What did you do in Daytona? I relaxed. <laughs> I stayed out in the sun by the beach, by the pool. So, so just nothing. You just, it was like literally just turning everything off. Pretty much. Excellent. Yep. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So I, I I have said in podcasts, whether, whether uh, you, uh, Sherry Lynn have heard it or just anybody who's been listening or not, um, I've been starting to emerge with major themes that I think apply to people that are our, our, our age. Mm -hmm. And I've done kind of themed podcasts because, uh, for, for various reasons, uh, life gets in the way right, right. For, for people, so people couldn't come on. But I figured, hey, that wouldn't stop me from podcasting. Right. Uh, so I did an episode about uh, music, the mm -hmm. music of our you know childhood, young adulthood. Um, I did a podcast about... Uh, well, I did one with uh, Mr. Remy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've, if you've heard that. Uh, but if but if not, I mean, we talked about him. He's a he's a, a multi multi talented person. He's an artist, a writer, um, and he spoke about uh, that. And he spoke about it from an older end of the Zenial generation. Mm -hmm. He uh, also talked about things because he he does write for like mainstream online sources. Mm -hmm. I have uh, done shorts and podcasts talking about the twenty four hour news cycle. I've done it about all these different topics. But I figured. Um, I was tired of just talking about it from my point of view, and I just wanted to bring on somebody else, and we could do point counterpoint. How does that sound? That sounds good. Yeah, I think it's also helpful too, because again, it gives you more of a a well rounded um, blend of the scenario. It's not just kind of in a vacuum, if you will. And again, I mean, one of the focuses of my podcast here is that we can do these kind of people can do point counterpoints, mm -hmm. and it's a safe setting. Um, <laughs> Even if we have differing opinions, it's mm. it's fine. Like right. we can walk away from it and still be friendly and still be uh, friends, or you know, we we can still get Cordial, along. Cordial, right? The right. fact is, we can still get along because mm -hmm. I I, th I feel like it's the anti-social media approach because social media is toxic, mm -hmm. especially right now. Yeah, it it little, is normal and it is okay to agree to disagree. <laughs> by the way, little teaser there for a future uh, podcast episode. Just oh, saying. Okay. You know. 
if you want to come aboard uh, with my new uh, digital recorder, we can have as many as four people so we can get a round table. I think that would be fantastic. That and would I, be amazing to do. And I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and I spoke before we even started. We kind of formed a little game plan. Mm-hmm. And I asked you about something that really emerged during our childhood. And that was uh, related to media. And that was reality television. Yeah. And yeah. where it uh, where it started, what was the positive and negative consequences of it, and where it is today, and its influence on pop culture and its influence on society. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so we'll do our usual thing. I mean, if if you don't want to pick a song, I'll pick a song. We don't even have to talk about it. Uh, okay. And we'll pick a song. We'll go. We'll go. We'll treat that like a break, and then we'll come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, as always, I pick my songs from Soundstripe. Soundstripe is a uh, paid site that I uh, I contribute twenty dollars a month to personally. There's different tiers you can use, uh, and that money goes directly back to the artists. It's royalty free music. They're independent artists. Uh, if you've heard my uh, spiel about um, the music the music industry, uh, you'll understand especially why I I chose uh, something like Soundstripe. But yeah, I've gone long winded. There's my last like little plug shout out. <laughs> so again, yeah, we will um, we will take that musical break. We'll come back. We will uh, and delve right into it. Maybe we'll do a little background. Uh, I can do a little historical background. You can do a background on what your favorite shows were at different times. Mm-hmm. And then we just come back in and, and we kind of start going from there. And we can start to present sing- things from our point of views and whether we agree with them, disagree with them, our per- perspectives on them overall. So. Sounds good. All right. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to go over that song, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to jump into this talk about reality television. Uh, as always, everybody, you're listening to Bobby Rocks, and today you're listening to Sherry Lynn Nicholas on the XOP, the Zennial Odyssey podcast. As always, everybody, welcome to the Odyssey. Running my way to a better time Sweet nostalgic on an ease my
didn't record it that's so sad and pathetic and he told them so impersonal and he told them to kick rocks he's not doing that Good. over again uh, rightfully so yeah. and so then um whether we stick with we can stick with mtv because i think mtv was they were really at the forefront yeah. of, of that style then they formed road rules mm -hmm. then they kind of changed up uh things and it's when while the real world and things like road rules were still entertaining mm -hmm. they really started to try to like cherry pick people that they knew would just naturally be conflicted with one Absolutely. another yeah because uh, it increases ratings and it, viewing exactly mm -hmm. and that and to me that that's sort of uh the start of it not being quote-unquote as real real right yeah you're, you're you're basically you're you're creating what you uh would perceive as reality uh, right and passing it off to people and then we go along 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 and then when we get to like the early 2000s i think um fox takes the forefront on reality TV with Fox in the early 2000s with reality television American Idol oh well, I mean yeah, yeah was, I'm thinking I'm looking at you like what yeah, yeah so yeah. it takes it takes reality TV to a game show type of level with some stakes of like you could be so that just goes to show you how like it's so ingrained and like natural because I didn't even think anything of it because it's like yeah it's been around forever as a matter of fact I was like moved since moved on from yeah like American Idol and the voice and like, oh obviously it it's progressed and it's i should say mutated but transformed over the years but. and i and i and i shortchanged uh i didn't shortchange fox but i did shortchange the the other major networks because i forgot about like survivor and big brother yeah so survivor big brother american idol all these shows now reality tv is looked at as um it's something that can be sold to the masses on uh regular television as opposed to mtv which was a cable television station and we keep moving along and we just get to a point where it's just, it's either celebutants. I don't know. Sherry, do you know what a celebutant is? I'm assuming that it's probably celebrities that, or reality stars that are just it's like getting, a lot of, getting a lot of attention. And now they're 
Think of the Kardashians. Think of Paris Hilton. Yeah. Think of um. Oh, okay. Like people who are famous for being famous. So I they're mean, just being they're famous for being being you know a celebrity's best friend. Or yeah, like like Paris Hilton. Her her family owns the Hilton Hotel mm-hmm. Company, so they're billionaires times over. Uh, Nicole Richie, her her stepfather is Lionel Richie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so I mean her stepfather is one of them uh, is a very successful artist, re- recording mm-hmm. artist and producer in music. And, and I mean they had that show where they just went on the road. And, yeah. And then we get into uh celebrities releasing sex tapes or sex tapes are getting released. Mm-hmm. And then they they backtrack and they just want to make a money off of it and then they they try to really cash it in. Mm-hmm. Um and this is my long-winded way of saying that we then went to a place where and I, I'm going to give examples of um I'm going to backtrack a little bit but i'm gonna get to give examples about when reality television uh you know didn't follow the 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 plan Mm -hmm. Um, the storyline and it just Mm -hmm. and and i'm gonna use that as the example of number one it didn't fit into the reality that they were trying to create Mm -hmm. and how no one even talked batted an eye when they when they corrected it and i'll go into what i'm talking about when i mean by that but we reached a point now where uh it's just it's either celebrities or uh, reality shows that are done uh, heavily scripted. And uh, for people who don't know why uh, reality TV is so huge across all networks on television today, number one, you're not using paid act. You're not using professional actors. Right. So it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper and they don't have as many, these people don't have as many commitments. So you can kick out recordings in large volumes and get out a lot of things. And so, again, they're creating storylines and all that. And it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to just do it confined with people who aren't uh, unionized professional actors. And I don't know off the top of my head if reality TV stars have their own union at this point. Um, and I doubt they do. But, yeah, it's just it's te- it's cheaper. Um, it's cheaper product. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like everything, that, in my opinion, that gets corp- corporatized. Right. It just becomes sterile. Um and uh, I, I'm great. I love references. Uh, I don't know, Sherry Lynn, if you ever watched uh, The Watchmen or read the graphic novel The Watchmen. I, I watched the movie. Okay, yeah. so uh, there is a character at the, at the end. He's he try you know he tries to kill like you know the world and blame it on one of the other uh, superhero characters, mm-hmm. and uh, he views himself as like a god or a hero for doing that. And one of the other characters uh, who beats him up and he tells him he hasn't saved the world. He's deformed it. Mm-hmm. Or he hasn't saved mankind; he's deformed it, mm-hmm. and I, and I, that's how I kind of view similarly reality television. I view that it it gives it presents this thing like it is reality to people, mm-hmm. especially. And I think of children who are uh, really impressionable, absolutely, and it really yeah. just has skewed um, that. And that's why I mean, you think about it; we have ri- gives rise to reels and TikTok mm-hmm. and all these things where people social media, yeah, where yeah. people are now uh, using these formats. At trying to brand themselves. I, yeah. I hate that term branding. Like, yeah. Like I'm a brand. It's like, so you're not a human being anymore, but right. I've, I've gone off on a tangent. So, um, yeah, that's my spiel, a little historical background. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, Sherry, do you want to talk about your feelings on reality TV? Um, so reality TV, when it first came out, just like you said, back in the nineties, that's, that's the first uh, glimpse that I received of it. It was interesting. It was like, okay, this has never been done before. This has never been seen before. And the footage in comparison to what we see now for quote unquote reality TV is significantly different. So at the time it was very raw. It was very authentic. Um, Like even the editing wasn't up to speed as it is nowadays. 
um, you're able to see people's real emotions in real time. It's all unfiltered. Like you said, you're talking about paid actors. You can see with the paid actor, they're very poised. They're very, they are very practical with what they're saying and they're doing. It's very calculated. Whereas when you're seeing reality TV back in the 90s, it was there's no scripts per se. So it was, like I said, it was more authentic in what you were seeing. Um, of course, like you said, they're going to edit it down to make sure that things are more severe than what it really is. Um, and that's where I, I actually enjoyed watching like the tell-alls after um, the, the season aired or the episodes aired because then you were able to get more backstories um, from the cast right away in the moments and also get more information because there's stuff that may have been missed as well. Um, I... Would say I did see a couple episodes of I would say um, Real World. The earliest one I can remember, and I think it's probably because it's my favorite um, season, and I, I can't remember where they were, but it was the one with Mike and Coral. Mike is now the Miz, who's a big time wrestler, if you will, um, and he has his own show as well too. But that was one of the ones that I really did enjoy watching. I kind of took more to Road Rules when it came out because mm-hmm. I thought it was like really adventurous and really cool with all the challenges and you know going on the bus and having to live on the, the bus and trying not to kill each other while being frustrated with people. Um, I thought that was pretty cool and like my speed. I actually wanted to at one point like see if I wanted to go and audition on it. But I re- came to the realization that it probably wouldn't have been a good idea because I probably would get eliminated really quickly because I don't like to be cooped up in a small space with people that I may not like. So that 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 dream kind of was very short, short-winded, if you will, or short-lived rather. But I found uh, reality TV back then to be more interesting and you looked forward to watching it. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's not, it's just it's super inauthentic. It's fake. It's, it's not real. It's not reality. It's, it's the opposite of what it's supposed to be. Um, you don't see, you're, you're seeing producers, if you will, looking for, and like you said, provoking people on purpose or purposely casting people to have like who's going to be the antagonist who's going to be the the sweetheart who's going to be the the party the partier um who's going to be the shit stirrer so that to me is just kind of not the ideal situation if you will it's not tangible no one that I know of, I would believe, would go purposely into a situation where they're going to be around people that they don't like. You're usually going to gravitate to people that you are comfortable with, you know, like-minded with. So that kind of take, knowing that dynamic, it takes away from it being true, quote unquote, reality. It's not enjoyable. It's ridiculous. It's setting a negative um, precedent, I feel, for people, for viewers, especially the younger folks that are now growing up with this, with the reality, uh, the reality stars, as well as um, a lot of social media platforms as well, too. This, unfortunately, the the reality that they're seeing, quote unquote, on TV or in social media is what they think is real is real when it's really not. And I think it, it kind of creates a sense of dysphoria, if you will, for them when they're growing up and also with their relationships, too. So I think it's kind of negatively impacting what was enjoyable then, you know, years ago is now negatively impacting people I feel now. So what do you mean when you say dysphoria? Confusion. Not sure if this is something that they that they are truly experiencing. Um, yeah, 
So what it sounds like to me is what you're kind of talking about is maybe, you know, in their home settings, in somebody's home setting, if you're a child, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a family has morals and values and all that. And then when they see these things on TV, uh, at first it can be, it can make you question the morals and values of the people around you or what the expectations uh, are in out there in the quote unquote in the real world that's a part of it okay. it's, a, it's a component of it but it also could be just part of like trying to find oneself you know being having these ideals kind of placed upon you indirectly by watching you know certain reels certain shows it's like okay well should i do this should i have to like make myself up to look this way should i act this way should i dress this way um it's just it's not a realistic approach because not everybody lives in not everybody's on the same playing field yeah okay all right now if it's all right with you i want to go back to what stick out in my minds mm-hmm. my minds my mind uh, you have multiple minds. i guess yeah that's a good old you're such multiple. a busy such a busy person that you have multiple minds to get the job done well if that's if we're talking about busy people and having multiple minds then i think uh you showed on your first podcast episode uh that you would have more multiple personalities or whatever but anyway, my, my silliness aside there, um, I want to show, I want to give a couple examples of when um, things on reality TV shows didn't go according to plan and, you know, what happened because of that. So I'll start, we'll go back to MTV. Uh, Sherry, do you remember when they did a show? I don't know how many times they did it, but when they used to do like how to be, want to be a VJ contest? Very loosely. Okay. I remember, I don't remember watching it per se, like, or maybe I was just catching the end of it, but I remember the VJ being like inducted into the position, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to go back to the first one they did. And the first one they did, uh, you were going to get a, sal- a year's salary. Uh, you would just be one of the VJs. Mm-hmm. And you really started to see that as things went along, uh, two people emerged. And I apologize because I don't know their full names. I don't even know the name of the second person. But this individual, his name was Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, he was homeless. He was a homeless, like, 19-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he really just went there on a whim because he had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and him and this other individual emerged. Like, they were really the, the top two talented mm-hmm. people. And when it got to the end and they were doing uh, whatever they're having them doing, the f- people were going to vote, similar to American Idol. Mm-hmm. People were going to vote and whoever had the most votes would be the winner. And it turned out that Jesse ended up with more the most votes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, they put Jesse on and, and uh, he has some uh, interesting moments that, from his time on MTV. And I mean that in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. that I believe it was... Uh, I forget the uh, artist's name, but him and this female artist started singing Dream On just out of nowhere. And it was actually uh, sweet. Oh, okay. Like, like, and it was very just... Or- Authentic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very organic mm-hmm. because it wasn't like planned. You could right. tell it wasn't planned. And then he had uh, a band and and he kind of went away for mm-hmm. a while. Uh, but then surprisingly, the person who finished second also became a VJ. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm and I I'd sat there as like a 15-year-old going, "Hey, wait a minute. They only said they were giving out one contract." Mm-hmm. What's he doing on here? And that person and again, I I wish I could remember his name. Um he's gone on to have a pretty significant uh career in front of the camera mm-hmm. for news stations, for ESPN. Like he's worked for a lot of different um a lot of different networks, a lot of different formats. Mm-hmm. And to me, in hindsight, that just said that they wanted him. The net, like the network, MTV right. wanted him to win. 
Yeah, he was the more quote unquote marketable one. Yeah, he was the choice, mm-hmm. which yeah. is, is interesting because I, I believe you did mention this um, earlier before you went into explaining about Jesse. Is that like yeah, an American Idol historically speaking, like obviously there's the winner and that that person ends up having a contract and they release a single. Well, it will both the runner up and the winner, I believe sing whatever the song is and then whoever wins that ends up being their song that's what i believe i could be completely wrong and if i am please correct me no no um harm done no that's accurate okay yeah um because so the way the format is and yeah even though i, I didn't really watch american idol i do research this stuff even though it makes me gag uh and I, but it's good to know it's yeah good to know so yeah uh each each artist records a song in case they do win mm-hmm. yes and then that's like you. that would be their first single right but then but then when you think about it as well so the the artist wins, or the sorry, the contestant wins, but the runner up usually still ends up having some sort of a record deal as well. So, what's the point in actually issuing a winner if you plan on and anyhow giving contracts to the to the first two? The winner and the runner-up. You might as well just give it to both of them and well, thank you for you know, leading, hash it out. Thank you for your segue into my second thing oh. I want to bring up about reality TV. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Related to things not matching. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to, and I believe it was season two of American Idol. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember who were the last two candidates that season. Um, It was Kelly Clarkson. That was season one. Oh, sorry. You said season two. My yeah. bad. Um, Was that one with Ruben Stuttered? Yes. And Clay Aiken? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. remember. Okay, so who won? So Ruben Stuttered. He did won. win. Yep. And Clay Aiken was runner up. Yep. Yep. Who's had the bigger career? Clay Aiken. And do you and and again, this is this is just me and Sherry kind of. Yes, because Ruben Ruben Sutton had his uh, um the sorry for two thousand four. Yeah. This is my sorry for two thousand four. Yeah. And, and so now I want to go into uh why I feel like this was just terrible and we never talk about it as a society. Mm. So uh Fox wanted Clay Aiken, the music industry like simon cowell who was on the the, Mm -hmm. and randy they wanted clay aiken they thought he was he was more marketable he was mark thank you he was marketable Mm -hmm. and he didn't win because the people voted for it for ruben stutter yeah yeah but it goes beyond that in my opinion because i feel like ruben stunner didn't even get the push because mm-hmm. because he wasn't wanted. Right. He, he didn't get the push. He didn't get the producers that Clay Aiken could have gotten. Mm-hmm. He didn't get um, the access. He didn't get the songwriters to help him write mm-hmm. quality songs. Well, and I think ha- also, to too, let's, let's, let's call it for what it is, too. When you look at it for at face value, Ruben Stuttered, very, first off, I don't want to sit there and diminish Clay Aiken. He's very talented. Ruben Stuttered, absolutely. But when you look at the individuals... You're going to go for the one that's more aesthetically pleasing. I don't think that they wanted an overweight man. I was going to, uh, well, yeah. I was going to take it a step further uh, uh, and say I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but a fat black man. Yeah, I wasn't even going to go with you know race, but I was just going to say he's a he's an overweight man. It, that's not marketable yep. in, in the music industry. Don't not to say that there's no talent. Oh, absolutely, there's talent, but for records and whatnot. That's not the. That's not what they're looking for, yeah. and I think it's it's ridiculous. It's bullshit, if you ask me. Um, and if that was not the the ideal, like if that wasn't the criteria in regards to who's marketable or not, I think his career would have been a lot more um, fruitful. And I right also off the, right I, off the bat, I know people uh, 
I've talked to people who pointed, well, he wanted to be an R&B singer and that wasn't popular. And it's it doesn't like, matter. And it's it shouldn't like, matter. It's like, number one, even even if it's not mainstream, R&B has been around and will be around and people have reinvented it many yeah. times over. Uh, Speaking of comeback as we speak. There could have been production teams that would have helped him immensely with that. And I don't feel like he was properly, uh, he was given the assistance to get with right. those those teams. I mean, at the time, what was what was a big hip hop and R&B team, production team? They would have done wonders with him, by the way. There's several. But the ones I think of are like the Neptunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Pharrell. Yeah. yeah. I think if they hooked up with Ruben Stutter, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have cared. Like, they would have like, yeah, R&B. Okay, sweet. Yeah, okay. That's fine. They probably would have put their little NERD spin on it, too, if they really wanted to. Yeah. And on top of that, they would have colla- brought in other artists to collaborate right. him and help push him. Right. But nobody nobody really reached out. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think really they just really were like, oh, whatever. Just, I think they again. shelved it. I, yes. I think they just shelved him in all honesty. Let's yep. call it for what it was. If they really wanted to promote him, they would have gotten the resources in place to put it. I wholeheartedly agree. And, and also that argument about, um, well, he is an R&B, an R&B artist and that's what he wanted to do and that's why he didn't take off. Carrie Underwood, again, I don't know what season, don't follow that closely. She's a country singer. I don't listen to country. But I'm sure that she she had all. I'm I'm sure there's plenty of people that listen to her. That's what I was going to say with my point there. But she's had a pretty good career. She still has a pretty good career, and she's not the the norm. Like the norm would be pop. Okay, most of the artists that come out they release some sort of a pop single, right? Because that's what sells. It plays on almost every radio station. There's other people that have other that have different genres and are succeeding very well. So I don't think that that argument will fly. In all honesty. All right, so we've covered a we've covered a few areas of that uh, glitching in the ma- matrix, <laughs> if, if you will. Uh, here's one, and I don't even know if you knew about this. I know about this because I I like to watch the news, even as a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I had a sad, lonely, uh, formative years. No, I'm just kidding. So, are you now the real? So the real world, San Diego. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? Who was in it? Um. Oh my goodness. I don't want to just say the Asian girl because she's an actress now. Like she's been in movies like Sucker Punch. She's been in um but she she got her start on the Real World San Diego as a cast member. I can see her face, but I don't know her name. Yeah. I'm really bad with that. So anyway, that cast um made the news while they were in post production because there was an alleged sexual assault. That took place on the show on the show uh, of somebody who not on the show. Oh, like okay. they brought in, they went out partying one night and brought brought some girls back. Oh, okay, and they uh, the news this news outlet was confirming that I mean it was recorded. Oh, okay. it was recorded audio and visually. Oh. Um, and they made they actually brought up that one of the one of the um, exhibit A or whatever you know one of the mm-hmm. one of the things of evidence was coming out of the room the bedroom that this happened in mm-hmm. um the cast member looked at another cast member and like because the door was open mm-hmm. and said like quote you see that i just hit that mm-hmm. Un- uh, you know unquote and the person said that they were uh they were under the they were drugged mm. well there's plenty of evidence right there but you know what i believe it was settled out of out of court of course like that, mtv yeah. mtv or their parent company viacom mm-hmm. uh, settled it out of court Mm-hmm. And there's not. I watched that. I watched that season because I wanted to see if there would be any single reference to it. And oh no, I was naive, and I thought that yeah, that, no, nothing, absolutely nothing. Not. They, scrapped, they, would... they scrapped and probably destroyed all of that mm-hmm. uh, stuff. But that came out 
uh, literally like two months before the episode, the, 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 the season release. started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was a big deal. I mean, you think about, think about that. Think about if that was somebody you knew mm-hmm. and that happened to them. And here we have like, no, here, I'm trying to formalize it all in my head, everybody. So, so we have a, a recording crew and an audio crew. Mm-hmm that knows this may be going on and didn't do anything. Right. Well, and then on top of that, it, it it was somebody who said they were drugged. Right. Were they drugged by a cast member? Were they, I mean, but I'm also wondering is, and it's not by no means, because if you did something wrong like that, like, yes, absolutely. It should be reported. The, um, the people involved should be held accountable. What have you, whatnot, not protecting anybody in that aspect. My question is, is that if you were on the, the recording crew, and you heard and witnessed that. Is there some sort of like a disclosure that they have to sign from the company that if they were to disclose it, that you know they would lose their job or what have you? So I'm wondering if people actually heard it and saw it and were afraid to report it because they would lose their job and their livelihood or what have you. So or be blacklisted. Apparently, my favorite term right now is what have you. I apologize. Um, it, it's actually funny because this this actually brought me back to, and I'm surprised we never even talked about this. Uh, this reality show, quote unquote, cops. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. been around for a long time. You know that on there is an episode of Cops in Vegas where an officer uh, that was being, they had a recording crew with them. Mm-hmm. Um, something happened with someone they were trying to apprehend. Mm-hmm. And the camera guy put his camera, or the sound guy put his, put his microphone down and he actually helped restrain mm. the person for the officer. And, and I think about that. that that's like the, You can't do that, technically, you know, right? Well, he could claim that he was a citizen helping... An officer in need. Yeah, okay. I mean, that stuff is fine, yeah, by the way. Um, yeah. But I also think about like the liability component yeah. too. Yeah. Like he shouldn't have to, but then what do you do? Yep. You just let the, the cop struggle <laughs> while he's trying to apprehend a suspect? I, I mean, just... if you feel like delving into socio- socioeconomic status Ooh, and race, we can talk yeah. about cops. Oh, yeah. And we can talk about that's how That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Um, so but I think before we wrap this up, one thing I want to ask you uh, about mm-hmm. is what do you feel like it was, it was like for you growing up as the explosion of reality TV took off and how you feel it impacted you and your friends Mm -hmm. and then how it is now and how you see it uh impacting uh younger people i think growing up while we're watching like my friends and i watched reality tv i think we didn't take it like to heart as much of the kids nowadays do we just saw at we took it we got we took it at face value like, oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, did you see that stunt that they did? Oh, my gosh. Blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, when they went out to the club and they were having a wild dance. Oh, my gosh. Just wait. You know, we just talked about it and, like, you know, giggled and gossiped and then kind of moved on. Um, we weren't trying to mimic the styles that they were wearing. We weren't trying to replicate what they were doing out in the clubs or anything like that. It was just it was entertainment. It was entertainment. Um, what we see now, like, it's just it's foolish. I'm not going to call it for what it is. It's foolish. It's not reality. It's abnormal, if you ask me. Um, because nine times out of 10, most people, like the average person doesn't live that way or do the things that we're seeing, um, in the, that what reality TV is displaying. I mean, hell, the people who are, uh, the cast members don't live their lives that way. No. Half the times it's just like, it's a studio, essentially. They're recording out of like a rented mansion and then they go back to their everyday home that we all live in. So, yeah. Um, how it's affecting youth now. Um, I honestly feel like they think and believe they believe exactly what they see. They think there's a very small portion that actually 
understand and comprehend that what they're seeing on TV is just that it's fabricated. It's not real. And then unfortunately, there's the expectations that youth have that they want their parents to kind of help them mimic this lifestyle. Um, and then for those that somehow do somewhat mimic the lifestyle, that the ones that can't, they kind of get ostracized with by their their peer group. So I feel for the youth nowadays because I feel there's a lot more pressure that they see and are objected to uh, subjected to rather um both on social media and with reality TV like they feel this pressure that they have to uphold this sort of um lifestyle and view that's just not attainable. Like a false false narratives, yeah. false false perceptions. Yeah. A false reality. Right. And then <laughs> if they try, and I think they're actually more depressed trying to live up to a, a standard that does not exist than they are just trying to be their authentic selves and just, you know, live live life. It's just, yeah, it's kind of, it's sad. To me, it's kind of sad, but it's not. I think the reality TV that I was subjected to, you were we were subjected to, was nothing nearly what it is now. And it did, I don't think it had an effect on us or an impact on us in a negative way. It was like, okay, this is, interesting but it's not it's what it is but now i think the youth now are like i feel like i have to do this because it's in my face and this is somebody i look up to but yeah it's not and it's if not uh, real. if anybody who is a uh, millennial someone born in like say like 1990 and and on who's a millennial or gen z you guys mm -hmm. want to come on here and debate it you're you're more than welcome to and i again, would love to hear what and they again would like we to say we will yeah. be this is a safe space mm -hmm. uh the only thing they'll get hurt is your feelings i'm kidding i mean yeah um the only thing that may happen is um hopefully that you know either you can you know change our our minds or we can change it we mm -hmm. can walk away from it with a different appreciation for perspective yeah I I agree because I feel like this is this topic I I've been trying to cherry pick topics that are like a dividing line mm -hmm. uh, between either like older millennials the people that can be considered zennials and other millennials because it seems like the millennial uh, moniker just goes on it covers yeah. people that aren't even millennials um, so again uh, Sherry Lynn thank you very much for coming on with me again and and discussing uh, a topic area. No problem. And again, when I if I get one of these round tables together, you are more than welcome to join in. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. And for everybody else out there, thank you if you've tuned in. And as always, this Odyssey has now come to a close. And hopefully we will have you tune in uh, to the next one. And on that note, take care, everybody. <laughs>